Good morning, church family. Good to see you this morning. Glad that we can be here together to worship God this morning. Uh, before I get started with my lesson, would we, uh, I need to make sure that I thank everyone who was a part of uh, Project Thanks yesterday. If you uh, donated money or do- donated food or were here to deliver food yesterday, I simply just want to say thank you. We doubled the number of people that we were uh, helping this year, and uh, all of you answered the call uh, abundantly, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, over the last several weeks, we've been going through a, a sermon series called the, the Name of God. And we have talked about uh, various names, especially from the Old Testament, but even into the New Testament, that talk about uh, different God, names that God was called uh, throughout time. And I think we've learned a lot about God. We've learned a lot about who God is, about his character, not just these, because, because these, these names are descriptions of who God is. Uh, about the things that he has done, the way that he interacts with his people, the way that he interacts with people who, who aren't his followers. And I, I think we've been blessed by it. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but uh, Thanksgiving has kind of snuck up on me. Uh, has Thanksgiving snuck up on you? You know, m- many of us will be uh, traveling perhaps, or maybe if you're not traveling, you've got a, a meal planned for Thursday. And hey, if you don't have a meal planned for Thursday, if you don't have anybody to spend Thanksgiving with, hey, let me know. Uh, you, you guys can come over to our house or we'll find another house for you to come to. We'd love for you to have somewhere to spend uh, on Thanksgiving Day. So seriously, if you don't have that, uh, let me know. We'll, we'll get you taken care of, okay? Uh, but, but it snuck up on me a little bit. But let me tell you the point of the lesson this morning, uh, short and sweet and to the point. Maybe Thanksgiving has snuck up on you, but I hope that giving thanks has not snuck up on you. I hope that giving thanks is a part of who you are. I hope that giving thanks is a part of your daily life. I hope that giving thanks as a Christian is a part of your faith. Uh, So this morning, we're not so much talking about a a name of God that we find in Scripture, but we're definitely talking about uh, an attribute of God that all of these names have told us about God. These these names have told us these here are attributes, here are characteristics. Here's here's a study of the character of God. And certainly this morning, as we think about God, the giver, we're looking at something that is related to who is God? What is he? And I want us to, to really consider two things. Uh, let's, let's look at just a number of scriptures, not all the scriptures by, by any means, but just a number of scriptures that describe God as a giver. Look at some of the scriptures that tell us some of the things that God gives to us. And then lastly, and as we close, let's think about what's my response to that. If this is who God is, and it is absolutely who God is, what's my response to that? What do I do about the fact that God is a giver? Uh, I'm going to have a number of scriptures up on the screen, uh, and we're going to read these and, and briefly talk about them and, and move on. Uh, so if you want to read them on the screen, you're welcome to. If you want to turn to them in, in your word, uh, that would certainly be a good thing. James chapter 1 and verse 17, it says, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Just briefly, as we were worshiping this morning, I looked up that word uh, in the original language, that word every. You know what it means? Every. That's, that's what it means. That's why it's translated that way. Every good thing given. Everything good you have came from God. Every perfect gift, anything that you think, and you, you think, this is, this is what I want. This is perfect. This is, this is great. Every good thing given, every perfect gift, it is from God, and it says it comes down from the Father of lights, and, and maybe there's more to it than this, and, and certainly we could think about, you know, God said, let there be light, and there was light, and he created the sun and the moon and the stars, and, and all of those things. Maybe, maybe it ties into that sort of thing, but it says there's, there's no variation or shifting shadow. God is a giver. God is good. He gives us every good thing given and every perfect gift, and that last part there about being the Father of lights, I think 
in some ways, certainly one application we can make from it. Maybe there's more to it, but one application, he doesn't change. There's no variation. He's not kind of good sometimes and not quite so great next time. He's always good. God is good. And he's the giver of every perfect gift and every good thing given comes from God. So every good thing. Now, now there may be some things in the world that the world thinks are good that aren't really good. And those things, certainly God hasn't given those things. There may be things even sometimes that we selfishly desire that end up not being good. Well, those things aren't, aren't from God. But, but everything that really is a good gift, every perfect gift, it's from God. God is a giver. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 13 and 17, we learn these two facts. That God gives life to all things and that he has richly supplied us with all things to enjoy. Now, again, has the world corrupted that? Has mankind corrupted that? Has sin corrupted that? Are there some things that we enjoy and we, we, we've taken those things that God meant for good and twisted them into evil? Absolutely. There certainly are. But God has given us, richly given us, richly supplied us with all things to enjoy. Not only has God given you life today, the breath within your lungs, but God also wants you to enjoy this life. Remember, when God first creates things, why does he create things? He creates things so that he can have relationship with mankind. And remember what Genesis tells us, right? At the very end, he looks and behold, everything is very good. He wanted us to enjoy this life. He wanted to enjoy this life with us. He wanted to come down and be amongst his people. And we see that again in the book of Genesis. Not only that, in James chapter one and verse five, we see that it says there, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And here we learn about God, the giver. Well, well, how does he give? We learn some some attributes even of his, his giving. He says, God gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now, we'll, we'll make the point in a minute about God does, in fact, give wisdom. But more important than this, ver- this verse is a description of how God gives. First of all, he gives generously, freely. He gives um, without reproach. Now, if we're honest, maybe we, we give to people sometimes, but maybe in the midst of giving, maybe we judge. Maybe we say, well, I'm, I'm going to give this to you, but... It's gonna, I don't, I don't really, I don't really feel good about giving this or I, if, if it was really my choice, maybe I, I wouldn't give this to you because you've got this going on in your life or that going on in your life. Well, God gives to all generously and without reproach. That means that God gives good things to good people and God gives good things to bad people. Jesus says the sun shines and the rain falls on the good and the evil. Good things and bad things happen to good people and bad people. God is the giver of every good thing to every person who lives, good or evil. God is a giver. In Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 6, it says, for Yahweh or for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and discernment. So here we're moving a little bit into just a few of the things that God gives specifically. In James, it says that if you lack wisdom, ask of God and he'll give it freely. Uh, but, but we focused on something else. But here, even wisdom, knowledge and discernment, if you, if you want these things, then certainly seek these things from God. And he is the giver of these types of things. Now, is there worldly wisdom? Absolutely. There's worldly wisdom. Is there worldly knowledge? Absolutely. And, and worldly wisdom and worldly knowledge will get you so far. But godly wisdom and godly knowledge and godly discernment will get you to where God would desire for you to be. Psalm 29 and verse 11 says, The Lord will give strength to his people. Yahweh will bless his people 
with peace. Here we see a little bit of a distinction. We've already talked about briefly that God has, that he does give good things to, to good people and, and to people or good people, people who are his followers and to, to bad people, people who are not his followers. We can maybe sum it up that way, though that's not a perfect way to say it. But the Lord gives strength to his people. There, there is a distinction. There, there are, and maybe this, maybe some would say this isn't fair, but there are blessings that come along with being a follower of God that if you're not a follower of God, you don't get to enjoy. There are blessings, there are opportunities, there are good things that happen to people that follow God that don't happen for people that don't follow God. That's part of the blessing of being a follower of Jesus is, is these extra things that come. Certainly more responsibility, sometimes more difficulty being a follower of God than, than not being a follower of God. But there are certainly blessings. Hey, one of those things, look around you. The family here at Jefferson Avenue, your church family, that's a blessing that people who, who aren't Christians, who aren't followers of God, they don't have a family like this. They don't have a community of believers that, that are here for them and that will, will help them. You and I have that because we're a part of God's family, because we're a part of this family. There are blessings for God's people specifically. Uh, in Second Thessalonians, the, the previous verse also mentioned peace, uh, and, and other scriptures tell us about the, the peace that passes understanding. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 16, he says, now the Lord of peace himself continually give you peace in every circumstance. The Lord be with you all. We look around the world today, as we think about God the giver and some of the, the things that God may want us to have and want us to enjoy, and, and the world today is not full of peace. Uh, now, we could specifically look to conflict in this area of the world or conflict in that area of the world. And some conflict in some parts of the world gets more media attention than other parts. But the, the fact is that, that peace does not reign on the earth, right? There's not peace on the earth. Uh, that, that whether, whether it's in the news or not in the news, there's always conflict, uh, whether that's between nations or between families or between people, there's always conflict and, and many times not peace. But here again, Paul tells the Thessalonians, may the Lord of peace himself, there's a name of God, the Lord of peace, may he continually and in every circumstance give you peace. Well, how in the world can I have peace in every circumstance? Don't you know what's going on in my family? Don't you know what's going on in my job? Don't you know what's going on around the world? How can I have peace in the midst of all of these things? Well, again, there are blessings about being a follower of God that people who don't follow God and don't focus on God don't experience. It doesn't mean there's not conflict. It doesn't mean there's not difficulty. It doesn't mean that everything's perfect in the life of a Christian. That's a foolish, immature thought to have, that living a Christian life is a perfect peaceful life. It's not always. There is conflict, but in all of those circumstances, we can have peace because of the God that we serve. Jeremiah chapter 24 and verse 7, we, we switch again to a little bit shift of gear here, and, and we see that, that God is, is giving. All of these verses are talking about God is giving these things. Notice what he gives here, Jeremiah 24, 7. I will give them a heart to know me, for I am Yahweh and they will be my people and I will be their God for they will return to me with all of their heart. Now, certainly here, Jeremiah, probably talking primarily about uh, the Israelites and how he will give them a heart to, to know him. But we know from scripture that the bigger picture that God has given all mankind a heart, a desire to know him, to seek him and to find him. And he has given us that. Uh, we've been talking about it in various Bible classes and you've, you've thought about this. You can just look throughout human history. Uh, why do people uh, in, in ancient times, who knows, maybe even today, why do people worship the sun? 
Why do people worship the moon? Why do people look at uh, the stars for guidance? Well, because we have this innate desire within us to, to worship something. God has given that to us. He's given us a, a desire. All mankind throughout all time, throughout all individuals, have this, this desire to find something greater than themselves. At the very least, God has given us that kind of heart. But God has not only given us that, he's revealed to us his truth. His truth in the Bible, his truth in history, his truth through Jesus. He has given us a heart to know him. Jeremiah 29, 11, a familiar verse to you. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord or Yahweh, plans for peace and not for calamity, to give God, the giver, to give you a future and a hope. Now, again, primarily this is in, in regards to the Israelites, but how is that fulfilled? How is the promise of a, a future and a hope fulfilled? Well, it's fulfilled ultimately in Jesus, and that same Jesus gives you a future and a hope. Certainly, even in this life, but certainly in the life to come, God has given us something better, something greater. And we all know this verse, right? Don't forget this verse. When we think about God the giver, don't forget this verse. For God so loved the world, everyone and anyone, the good, the bad, everyone. He loved everyone enough to give his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God has given us his son as that sacrifice, the, the price that we cannot pay, Jesus paid himself and God was willing to give up his son. In Romans chapter eight and verse 31, you, you know this verse and it's important, it's a great verse. It says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? But have you ever looked at verse 32? You know, we, we read this verse and it's, it's at the, the end of a, a long passage of, uh, you know, who's against us and, and eventually the, the summation is in this verse, who cares who's against us? If God is for us, it doesn't matter who's against us. But then verse 32 explains it even more. He says, he, God, who indeed did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for all of us. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Let me put that in a shorter sentence. If God was willing to give you his son, don't you think he'll give you what you need in this life? If God was willing to, to allow, to, if Jesus himself was willing to, to put on flesh and come to this earth, live the perfect life, die the horrible death and resurrect again, if he was willing to go through all of that, if God the Father was willing to make all of that happen, don't you know that he loves you enough to, to take care of you and to, to give you all the things that you need? We should take great comfort in that. God is a giver. He's always been a giver. He has given us life. He has given us hope. He has given us a future. He's given us wisdom and discernment and knowledge. Ultimately, he gave us his son so that we could have eternal life. God has given us that. Remember, we can't earn it. God has freely given it to us. That's what Romans tells us when it says uh, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's the gift that God has given to us. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 10. I, Yahweh, or the Lord, search the heart. I test the inmost being, even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the fruits of his deeds. So we've talked about God the giver, but here in this verse, and, and there are certainly other verses we could turn to, we see that God has an expectation. And he has an expectation for all mankind. But listen, this morning, if you're a Christian, you have told God and you have told others, I'm going to follow you. I'm committing my life to being who you want me to be. And here in this verse, and again, many other verses we could go to, there is an expectation that if you will follow God, that he is going to judge 
your actions, and really this is true for all people, whether you follow God or not, and the things that he gives to us will be in some relation to the things that we do. Our actions matter. You reap what you sow. There are consequences for your actions. Scripture tells us that over and over and over again. Now, salvation-wise, I can never earn salvation. I can never be good enough to be saved. But in life, in daily life, I reap what I sow. And God even says, I'm able to, to judge the inmost being. I'm able to look at the heart. God knows not only what you do, but why you do it. And he, above all people, is able to look at your heart and know why you're doing the things that you're doing and give you recompense or what you deserve because of that. Colossians chapter three and verse 17. Okay, God is the giver. So what do we do about it? Colossians three seventeen. whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, singing with gratefulness in your hearts to God. Here, gratefulness or thankfulness, being thankful for the things that God has given to us. First Thessalonians chapter five, verses 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks. No, don't miss that last phrase, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do you ever wonder, do you ever ask questions? Do you ever, maybe in your younger days, or if you're young now, maybe, maybe today, what's God's will for me? And that we have this, this kind of uh, vague phrase or idea of God's will. And we know that God's will is going to be done. We even say, may your will be done. When Jesus said that, right? May your will be done uh, in, in the model prayer. So, so we think about that, but here, at least one of the things that supports of God's will is that you will rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks. Again, well, Andy, don't you know my, my relationship with my spouse, it's not great in everything give thanks. Andy, don't you know I just lost my job in everything give thanks. Well, don't you know I just lost a loved one in everything give thanks. I'm not saying it's easy not saying it's uh, an easy thing for us to wrap our minds around or to accomplish, but God's will for us in Christ Jesus is to somehow find in everything something to give thanks for. That's not, that's not an easy thing to do. I recognize that. But it is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. The psalmist says in Psalm 106 and verse one, praise the Lord, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his loving kindness endures forever. God is good. We just sang the the goodness of God. God is good. Don't forget that. Uh, In in the midst of all your trials and difficulties and and, and the things you struggle with, and, and God knows all of those things, don't forget that God is good. And again, if he's willing to give you his son, give up his son for you, don't you know that he's willing to to give you all things, to give you all the things that you need, all the things that you need to take care of yourself? When's the last time? When's the last time you actually did this? Not, oh yeah, I'm thankful for that. Oh yeah, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. When's that last time you, you actually gave thanks? Mentally, perhaps verbally, for your family. When's the last time, at least mentally, maybe verbally, maybe in some action, gave thanks for your friends, for your job? Yes, even the job that you don't like. When's the last time... You gave thanks for that. When's the last time you gave thanks to God for your salvation? Not just, yeah, I'm thankful for that. There's this, this head knowledge of, yeah, I'm thankful for that. But when's the last time you expressed in some form or fashion, I, God, thank you for saving me for my sins. 
When's the last time you thanked God because he's the giver of all good things? When's the last time you thanked God for shelter, for a car, for your church family, for a meal, for the country that you live in, students for the school that you have to go to? When's the last time you thanked God for going to school? I've got a, a fourth grader and a first grader. They're not always thankful for school, right? Now, I, don't think, I don't think none of us were probably when we were regularly going to school, but when's the last time you thanked God for school and appreciated that? When's the last time you thanked God that you woke up in the morning? God, thank you for allowing me to live today. Help me to live for you today. I, I've heard it said this way. I, I'm sure that you have too. If, if you woke up tomorrow with only the things that you thanked God for today, what would you wake up with? Or maybe more poignantly, if you woke up this morning with only the things that you thanked God for yesterday, what would you have woken up with? See, we, we, we're thankful. We're thankful for things. But when was the last time you expressed that thanks? You know, maybe, again, maybe Thanksgiving has, has snuck up on you, but has, has giving thanks also snuck up on you? Have you forgotten that we're supposed to be giving thanks to God for everything always, constantly? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks to the Lord. When's the last time? How often, how regularly do you give thanks? In Romans chapter one, uh, we see in Romans chapter one, towards the end of the chapter, it's this, uh, this image of a fallen world. It's this image of a, a world in the past, and, and really it's an image of the world today. Uh, that, you know, they, they've been given over to a deprived mind. They've been, uh, they've turned away from God. They're, they're completely not doing the things that God would want them to do. And, and we look at it and there's specific things that are mentioned there. And, and we can look at it and we can say, man, that, that is not what God's world looked like. It, it was very good when God made it. Sin has entered the world. Mankind has sinned and the world has fallen. But have you ever noticed how it got there? Now we've probably noticed this part. Again, Romans 121. For even though they knew God, they did not glorify him. And later on, it says, you know, they, they, they chose to, to worship the creation rather than the creator. And we know all that. But what else does it say, though? Even though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or give thanks. One of the reasons that the world is in the state that it is today, lost, fallen and in sin, is because mankind failed to give thanks to God. You may think, man, this is, a, this is a Thanksgiving sermon. And you're right, it is a Thanksgiving sermon. Yeah. But it's not just a, a sermon to, to fill a holiday. This is why this is important. It's not, hey, yeah, we should, we should have prayers that say, God, thank you for this. And, and we should have a Thanksgiving singing like we're gonna have tonight. And we should have a, a Thanksgiving devotional like we're gonna have on Wednesday night. And all of those things are good and right and true and, and probably happen just about every year this time of year. But the reason the world has fallen to sin, the reason that you have sinned, the reason that I have sinned, at least part of it, is because I've failed to give thanks. And in doing so, I failed to recognize and glorify God for who he is, God the giver of all good things. The God, the, the one who, who looks at me and says, hey, I've given you all of this good stuff. I've given you my son. And he's not, he doesn't need us to give anything back to him. God will exist whether you follow him or not. And he'll be perfectly fine whether you follow him or not. 
But he gave all of these things because he desires, he wants you to follow him. Brothers and sisters, when's the last time you purposefully, thoughtfully gave thanks? Now, it's Thanksgiving season, so maybe it hasn't been that long. But how often do you give thanks as a part of your regular daily life? Do you struggle with that? Perhaps we do. The greatest blessing, the greatest present, the greatest gift that we've ever been given is Jesus Christ. And we need to give thanks for that through the way that we live our lives. Brothers and sisters, I hope that this week you'll give thanks. I hope that on Thursday you'll you'll be able to gather around table with friends and family and you'll be able to give thanks. But I hope today, tomorrow, and six months from now, And every day in between until the end of your life, you'll stop and give thanks to God for all the things he's given to you. Brothers and sisters, let's do that. If you're not a Christian this morning and you want to know more about Jesus, the best gift that's ever been given, we'd love to talk to you about that. If you have any needs this morning, we invite you to come as we stand and sing.